Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Ladies Law School podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Haley. And we are so excited to bring you guys episode 24. So I guess we'll just start with some housekeeping stuff to get that out of the way. The giveaway went really well. Thank you guys for all of the entries. There were mm-hmm. so many, so thank you so much. Um, the winner's already been announced, probably if you've you know listened to this later in the day on Monday. If not... It'll come out at 9 a.m. So check our Instagram at Ladies Who Law School Podcast for the winner. Yeah. And our Facebook group has started and is live. Um, the link will be in the show notes to request to join. Thank you so much to everyone that has joined and has participated in the conversation. I know I'm thoroughly enjoying checking it every day and catching up with some ladies. Also, it's a great place for people looking to launch their law career of any age. So don't be discouraged if you're at any place in your legal journey. Also, our two friends, Madeline and Lane, are starting a podcast. It's called Tell Us Lies. They're both 20-somethings. It's a lifestyle podcast with an emphasis on like dating. Um, and that launches July 1st. So we'll also link their Instagram in the bio or yeah, in the guys. show notes. Sorry. <laughs> no. So make sure and check them out if you're interested. Um, yeah, I know there's nothing quite like a new podcast to, to check out and enjoy. So we've gotten a lot of questions regarding the law school application process. I mean, a lot of people right now are about to start law school or starting the application process to go to law school, not this fall, but the next. And among those applications, of course, are people who have worked for a few years and are out of undergrad, and now they're jumping into this whole process. And I... Um, don't have any experience because I'm sure you guys, if you've listened from the beginning, know that I came straight from undergrad, but Haley was working for two years before she decided to go to law school. So we're going to just pretty much go through the whole entire process from the beginning until the end of how she went through, like decided to go to law school, all the steps that she took, because it is quite different when you're not in undergrad because there's some resources that you may not have access to. So with that being said, let's welcome our good host, Haley Davis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So sweet. This is going to do this like interview style. She wrote up some questions um, and did some research to figure out what you guys were wondering and what people who want to start law school might be thinking. So, so the first question is, When did you know that law school was what you wanted to do? Like, was there any specific moment or experience where you were just like, 
okay, yeah, that's definitely what I want to do. And after that, did you receive any pushback from families or friends? Yeah, so when did I know that I wanted to go to law school? Okay, so that's kind of like a tricky question because there's a long timeline, I guess, leading up to the initial decision to go to law school. So basically, I'll just give you like a few instances where I kind of like thought I might want to go to law school. So I know one time we were talking about Title IX and uh, Title VII, and we were also talking about student athletes and the rape culture that's there. And this was a little, this was prior to the Me Too movement. And I remember saying something to my parents like, oh, I wish I could go to law school and be a lawyer so I could defend people. Like, if I was going to do that that's what I would do that's what I would say stuff like that and so I mean it in my household like in my family the stars were attainable right like you could reach for whatever you wanted and so when I said that to my dad that I wanted to go to law school like he was super supportive so I didn't get in that initial pushback I mean I expected it of course like I think when you first say it you might think like someone's not gonna be I didn't tell my mom I was nervous And I told my boyfriend, Colton, and he took it really well. I think prior to that, though, I had been looking for something more. I know I've talked to you guys a lot about this, but I'd been looking for something more. I had talked about going to a different country and teaching English. I had talked about potentially getting my MBA and different things like that. And something just spoke to me to go to law school. I think that justice being an advocate, things like that. If you feel those things in your heart, this is a good place to be. And I find a lot of value in being educated and being having a trade. So I think that this was a good option for me. I didn't, I wanted to be able to be my own boss potentially if I wanted to be. Why were you scared to tell your mom? Oh, that's a good question. So I think I just thought she might think it was crazy and I didn't, wasn't ready to like hear someone say that I shouldn't do it because I was really scared still. You know, I remember when I first like had the conversation, I like kind of started crying because I think I was insecure and nervous about what other people would think about me doing it because it is such a big deal. I, to be honest, I kept it a secret for a really long time. No one at work really knew except for like my closest, closest friends outside of work that also worked with me, I guess you could say. And they were some of the people that even gave me the idea. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really have any pushback either. I think especially right out of undergrad, it's like, okay, next step, you Mm -hmm. know? So I could definitely see how starting a career already, like, you know, there's a lot you can possibly give up. Um, so what is one thing that you wish you had done before law school, like to further solidify the fact that you wanted to go? Like, do you think maybe, did you end up like shadowing a lawyer? Were you in the, in a legal environment at all? Or did you just know? Oh, so like, okay. So no, I wasn't in a legal environment and I didn't shadow a lawyer. I mean, those are definitely things I wish I would have done. I know some girls on the Facebook page have talked about doing that or just, some of you gals who have messaged us talk about, you know, going to work for certain somebody because it's in their career path. I mean, at the end of the day, I love journalism. I worked for a marketing company who was also owned by basically a journalistic entity. So when I was working there, I learned a lot of things and I knew it would be valuable to my career in the long run just because of who I was as a person, what I learned. But that's like a personal thing, right? I think you could also be like wanting to be a tax attorney and like go work for a tax attorney or like a CPA, like different things that are in those 
genres that will be super helpful, like mentioned shadowing. I think that's huge. I know there was a girl that came to the DA's office in undergrad and was shadowing. That's awesome. Props to her because just getting exposed to the court system or whatever you can that's in the legal field, if you're really super interested, will be helpful. I totally agree. And we try to tell people that all the time. Like if you have the opportunity to just go shadow, like definitely do it. Yeah. Because you'll quickly find out if you like like it or not, you know? Yeah, especially if you're on the fence. I mean, I'm one of those people who like when I commit to something, it's like all or nothing. So basically I knew that this was what I wanted to do. I watched a ton of TV. I tried to expose myself to as much lawyering as I could. And the ironic thing is still when I got here, I didn't felt like I didn't know anything. And I felt like, oh, these people probably have a one up, but I think sometimes they even think that they don't know anything. And I just have to say like, so many attorneys say that what they learn in law school is like a tiny percentage of what they even do. It's nothing of what you do every day. You maybe use a tiny percentage of the law that you learn. So you basically just study your butt off for the bar and that's the most important thing. So yeah, I agree. yeah that's so, what I've heard too. Yeah. So I mean, basically law school is just a part of being an attorney. So any shadowing of an attorney you can do prior to law school would be like a one. So what was the first step that you took with the application process? Like, was it researching schools? Was it taking the LSAT? Like, what did you do first? Yeah. So I had looked into law school whenever I was in high school, like in my senior year. And I had realized that you had to take the LSAT to go. So now fast forward to what, six years later, uh, or maybe five years, you shall say, I knew you had to take the LSAT. So once I had told my dad and he was super supportive and I told Colton and he was super supportive, I basically went and to half price books and got some like getting into law school books and like studying for the LSAT book. And just like kind of trying to look at it and stuff. I know it was like super unorganized at first. I didn't really know what to do. I just read through it and I tried to do it on my own. And I remember thinking like, what the heck is this? Like, this is insane. The logic games was like the craziest part for me. My brain was just like, what is this? So that's whenever I realized, okay, I probably need to get some help. So that's whenever I decided to join like a class because I knew that I could fit it in my schedule and then it would be organized time for me to go and learn. And it works out really well for me. So, so with people who are working full time, like you were, do you think that taking a class is the best option for them? Or do you think there's other ways that you would have preferred to learn or prep for the LSAT? We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you are currently hooked on Never Lie by Frida McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. 
What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go, whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. I think it just depends on like how good you are at the LSAT stuff. Like if you're really naturally good and the logic games aren't like blowing your mind like they were for me, then I think you can just go to like an online little class and you're going to have to do some studying. Like, um, I know I wish I would have studied for a longer amount of time. I know I only studied for probably like six to eight weeks before I took it. I know some people take off like a, a whole gap year from undergrad to in between and study for it, you know, six months. I think it would have been a huge difference for me, but I mean, I got here. So that's all that matters. <laughs> so talking about this timeline of yours, so you had six to eight weeks to pre- prepare for the LSAT. So how much time did you give yourself before like starting in the fall, right? Like how long before that did you start the process? And would you recommend that or would you recommend more time? Okay. Yeah. So basically I told my dad. Okay. So the reason that I didn't tell my mom first was because my mom was with my sister in Lubbock. My sister was a senior at the time at her recruitment for sorority. So they were together in Lubbock and then my dad was at home. So basically I texted him and said something, text Colton kind of got this. And then I just started doing research on my own. And that night is the night that I went and got the books. And so that was around August, the beginning of August. So I knew I couldn't get in right then, obviously. So basically I was going to try and go in the 2019, the fall. And people even asked me if I was going to take another year and go in the next time. I think if say I didn't get any in into anywhere and I needed to get my score up and then I guess I would have had to take that time and like do more studying, I guess. Did you have to take the test once or twice? I took it twice. Okay, so that I guess that accounts into like for the six to eight weeks, was that for the first test? Yeah, so I don't recommend doing this. So I studied six to eight weeks, I took the test, and then I took it in November, and then there was a January one, maybe just yeah, I took that one too. Okay, so basically, that's the ones I took. So there wasn't a lot of time in between, and I basically made the same score. Yeah, literally same. I made one point higher. Yeah, so, so. it's not even worth it. Don't do that. Like, give yourself at least, if you're going to take it in one test period, skip the next one, take it the next time. So however you have to plan it out, you should do it that way. I could have taken the September test, but I, I didn't take the September test because that would have been, like, obviously it was August. I think it was, like, closed, to be honest. So yeah. I guess so people who are listening, definitely take into account that you might have to take it a second time. Yeah, and sometimes you might just want to be, like, happy with it. I think everyone thinks that, especially, like, the type of personality trying to go to law school thinks that they can do better. But, I mean, we literally just said we made the same score when we took it too close. So, like, don't waste your money or your time trying to do it again. If you just get a decent enough score, like, apply with that and see what you get in. Yep, I totally agree. All right, so this is an application question. How to get recommendations from a professor when you've been out of college for a while? Yeah, so for my major, I had um, a class, like a capstone class that you had to do 
to like graduate with that major. And I had a specific teacher. So I reached back out to her. She was just someone that I knew I could get a recommendation from, but also like, they don't even have to be professors. They can be people that you work with. So say you've been working for five years or just two, like me, I had multiple people that could write me a letter recommendation that have worked with me. And I think that that is also something you can take advantage of. So if a school requires a professor recommendation, what do you like? Do you have any advice for people that have to go back to their professors and ask for one? Yeah. I mean, if you don't have one professor that you can reach back out to, then that's scary because I mean, I can totally see some like people in my life that would be in that situation. So I think you, I would just force you to have a conversation and like dig really deep for someone and reach back out to them and tell them, and you're probably gonna have to send them your statement and your resume and they'll just write you a letter. Like just ask, don't be afraid to ask. I would say that if you're listening right now and you're an undergrad still, and you're still planning on taking time off before law school, like now's the time to make a connection with someone yeah, for sure. at your school. And like she said, reach back out. Like, did you make an A in a class back in yeah. undergrad? Reach out to that teacher. Be like, hey, I really enjoyed your class. I'm trying to go to law school now. Do you think since I made a good grade in your class that you could exactly. write me a good recommendation? That's exactly how I would approach it. Awesome. Well, good. I'm glad we're on the same page on yeah. that one. Okay, so this is another big one, uh, part of the application process. Where to start with a personal statement when you don't have the resources a senior in college might have, like a writing center, or um, or did you find it not to be an issue? Yeah, so I just used like as many people as I could. Um, I'm super lucky, I guess, in the fact that my family and friends are all really smart people. So I just made everyone look at it and read it. And I got probably five different people and like sat down with certain people and talked about it and had like really in-depth conversations. And it made me really think like, well, why do you want to do this? And well, what does this mean? And how do you explain this better? And being like two years of not having to write a lot, it was nice because I needed someone to basically just push me in the right direction and make sure that I was being clear and was getting my point across. Do you think that it's like, what do you recommend for people to be writing in their personal statements? Like, should they talk about their work experience or should they talk about like what they want to do with their degree? Like just general. I think I would just talk about why you want to go to law school. I mean, if you don't know why you want to go there, then once again, that's not a good situation to be in. So we're just going to pretend like that's not the case. Right. So I mean, that's what I wrote about. I wrote about how I had seen myself as someone who would achieve really great things, but I didn't always know how. Um, I got in this degree as an undergrad. I was super successful at that, but it just wasn't doing it for me. And I just knew that I wanted to make more of an impact and have that potential, like I said, to have my own trade, to be my own boss, to make my own money, and to be taken really seriously. I think that that was something that was super attractive about being an attorney as well was just like, I'm such a nerd in the sense that I find validation in being really smart. Like that's something that I always strive to be. And when people say, Oh, you're smart. That's like such a compliment to me, you know? So I think that that is part of that. Yeah. I mean, the personal statement can really go in so many ways, but yeah, I think you should write about why you want to go to law school. I did 
pretty much the same thing that you did. Yeah. And I think like, if you don't have a writing center, because obviously you're not an undergrad, like I didn't even think about that. So, I mean, that's obviously something to use if you have that or you go to a, you know, work at a school or something like that, you know, having those people read it, like, and saying like, Hey, I want to go to law school. Like, would you mind checking this out for me? They're going to be more than willing. Um, I definitely relied on my writing center at my school because, um, they had people that helped with personal statements specifically yeah. like, um, graduate students. For sure. So I found that really helpful. Yeah. Cause a lot of grad programs have to write, um, you know, statements or it's all like called different things, but you know, like, well, my, my sister had to do something along the lines of like, well, why do you want to do this? And why, why you, why do we pick you? And, you know, basically it's like your elevator pitch, but also kind of just saying like what kind of impact you can make. I think that's a good place to start too for personal statements, what kind of impact you can make in this position. And just by doing some research, you can find out what different attorneys do and go from there. So since you had started your career already, did you ever consider doing a part-time program so you could still work while you were in school? No, because I knew that I just wanted to like go for it. I didn't really have a part-time situation. I mean, I could have done it, but it would have been so different. I just didn't think that that would be good. So with that being said, how did you choose a school? Yeah, so I just went with the school that gave me the most money because that just helped justifying the cost of going to law school and moving and just felt like someone believed in me. So how would you go about like talking to someone if they're trying to justify like having no paycheck and taking out loans, like how would you encourage someone to just take the plunge or did anyone encourage you to just take the plunge if you had any of those feelings? Yeah. So, I mean, my dad took out loans to go to dental school. So, I mean, I knew that that was an opportunity. I thought, always thought like graduate school or any higher education after undergrad was on me. So I knew I had to take care of that. So loans were going to be the only option for me. I mean, there's just like such a cost benefit of the money that you could potentially make as to what you're making now, unless you're in a super high paying job. I think it's just like investing in yourself. A lot of people say that, you know, it's important to just invest in yourself. And that's what you're doing with a law degree and educating and and education since in any way, undergrad or beyond. Do you think that schools prefer students or, I mean, applicants that have work experience or not? Do you think it makes a difference? I think it definitely helps. I think it speaks to like who you are as a person and shows that you can continue on. Um, I know that, you know, one of our friends just today was like, I love working. Like I love getting out there and working. And I know I felt that way in undergrad and that's what I wanted so bad was to just start working. And I think that it's nice to contribute to society. And I, people sometimes, you know, get hung up on the fact that they're just like in school for so long and they haven't gotten to work. So, uh, it's nice to just like be able to have a little bit of time and work and then be like, okay, now I'm going to go back to school. I really want to do this. Did you find it difficult to adjust to school after being on like a work schedule for two years? No, because you should treat law school more like a job, you know, and I think it it was nice for me because I was used to like the hours and like spending, you know, waking up early and like, you know, an eight hour day is really long. So I know in undergrad, that wasn't the case for me. I had a lot of free time. So I think it would have been a little different for me. So I like the fact that I came from a job and I knew like I had to put in these hours and what that felt like, even just to my own like physical self. And I guess the big question is, 
do you wish you had gone pretty straight from undergrad or are you happy that you waited? You know, I'm not really sure because who I was when I graduated undergrad, like I just, there was no part of me that wanted to go to school. So I just don't think I would have ever done it. Like I was just so happy to get out. I think this, the way that I went about it is so me and just speaks to like who I was each stage of my life, I guess. And what I was looking for, like I wanted to work, but then when I got there, it wasn't what I thought. And as I worked more, it also wasn't what I thought. And these things that I was seeing just weren't what I expected. And I have really high expectations in a lot of situations in my life. So whenever I got there and things were much, much different, it wasn't what I wanted. And I think that without that, I would have never really known that I wanted to go to law school and be a lawyer. Like it's so crazy even just to say that. Because that was always such a dream of mine as a kid, like coming from, you know, my dad being, you know, in the medical field and everything. It's just I always thought science was like the thing and never did I, you know, a lawyer fits well with my personality and like who I am as a person. And so that's kind of where that came in in high school. Like, okay, well, I want to go to law school. But, you know, in undergrad, it was a completely different person I saw myself being. And then now it's like, wow, this is awesome. I still can't believe that I'm even going to be this, you know? If you could give me two pros and two cons of waiting to go to law school, what would they be? Two pros. So you get real world experience and work experience. You learn how to be a professional and like work in office environment. Another pro would be, I don't know, I'll come back to that. But a con would definitely be like that lapse of time. If you aren't like stimulating your brain and writing and working, like it's going to be an adjustment. But another con of waiting. I mean, some of the things that you brought to my attention today, like maybe the writing center or just like having those ways to help. But like, I think it's also nice to use your resources too. And like, but it also might be more difficult and harder. So, I mean, that could definitely be a con, but I think a pro of waiting for sure is just being able to know that like what you could be out there doing isn't what you want to be doing. And like, if you're in law school and you're like, dang, I wish I could be out doing something else right now. Like I never felt that way because I knew that I didn't want to be doing that. And I had already done it and it was so boring and was just, I had so much more potential. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that a pro for people who wait is that they get that chance to see what else is out there before they take the plunge. Like in my experience, obviously, like I didn't have any work experience other than summer jobs. So I didn't really um, get the chance to fully 100% know if this was right. But when I got to law school, then I knew it was right, you know? Um, So that's another way to do it. But I do think that people who wait tend to know that this is what they really want and tend to do really well. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. Well, thank you for your little interview, Miss Haley. (laughs) You're very welcome. It's always nice to hear like a different perspective um, because the more you guys know, like in your law class, probably two thirds of the class has waited for some time to go to law school, whether it's a year or two years or 10 years. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, even at our school, it's a very small percentage of people who went straight from undergrad. Yeah. It's definitely like a smaller 
number, but I mean, there still are a lot of younger people. I know somebody asked about getting pushback about being a lawyer and stuff. And I think that there are people who are like, well, why do you want to do that? And, oh, we need just what we need, another lawyer and things like that. And, you know, people say it's saturated market. Like, that's not true. There's always a need for attorneys, especially where we are right now. So I think if you get that pushback, like that's one thing that can be good about shadowing is that it can help solidify and, you know, basically you're going to be arguing with people for a living. So when people say that, think in your head, like, well, you know, you're wrong on these three points and this is why. And it's those that I just gave you. So also, I think with pushback, you have to realize like who you're getting this pushback from and what it's about. If people are getting on to you and not really happy for you about you taking control of your life and your career, then most likely they don't have the best interest in uh, your best interest, right? So, I mean, I definitely learned that when I had people in my life who were like, are you sure you want to do law school? Like, that just seems like too much time, too much money you're taking out. You're, oh, why are you moving across the country, you know, halfway through the country for this? Yeah, I totally like some people just aren't supportive and yeah, that's just not something that you need in your life. Yep. So tell the haters goodbye. Exactly. Um, We got one more question from a listener that's, it's kind of different than what we've been talking about today, but we figured it'd be good to touch on because we realized we do have a lot of listeners who are younger than college students. And a lot of times they don't really have much of a understanding of how law school works. Mm-hmm. So the question was, can you change your mind about what field of law school you want to, what field of law you want to study once you're in law school? And the answer is yes. You don't have a major in law school. You can choose a track if you want. Let's say you love criminal law. After you get your core classes out of the way, go take some criminal law classes, but no one's going to hold your hand and tell you you have specific classes to take and you can change your mind at any time of what you want to do. Yeah. And even throughout your career, you could even like go through a bunch of different types of law as you know, there are the two basic tracks of criminal versus civil. And you know, that's like, you can also cross over, like you can do all different types of things. Basically in law school, you're just going to learn a bunch of different types of things that you're going to end up studying for the bar and passing. And it would basically be something, I imagine the bar as something, a general test to make sure that you were at this standard of being a lawyer. So you're just going to learn about all kinds of different things that lawyers need to know if you're going to call yourself a lawyer. Also, like we've said before, all the law schools in the country teach their first year students all the same thing. Mm -hmm. So like I said, it's a very like, You kind of choose what you want to do. For sure. But yeah, that's all we have for you guys today. Make sure to send us more of your questions on Instagram. We're always posting stories, asking for your feedback, and we love your feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, We love it so much. Literally, thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. We're also planning on doing a little more of these interviews intern diary style interviews with some of our law school friends exactly because we have a lot of friends who are in really different um internships than we are and Mm -hmm. we figured that you know you guys would definitely want to hear what it's like working at a firm maybe a firm that you know specializes in specific things so 
We are even interested to hear about. Yeah, I know. I'm pumped. I'm really excited for these because as much as we see our friends and like they tell us about work. um, It's one thing to sit down and interview. Exactly. And ask the questions you've been wanting to know. (laughs) All the tea. Exactly. But yeah, like us on Facebook. Join the Facebook group. The link's below. And follow us on Instagram. Yep. And don't forget to submit questions to Ladies Who Law School Podcasts. And as always, subscribe wherever you listen and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Wash your hands and wear a mask, please, if you're going to go out in public. Thank you. Be safe and healthy, guys, and see you next week. Bye. Bye.